<laughs> Is that your greeting? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, I'm still trying not to cough. Just a little bit. Gotcha. Haley is still sick. Still a little bit sick. Uh, she went to the doctor, and they gave her the medicine. They gave me drugs. So many different drugs. Uh, three drugs. Yeah, but usually they just give you the one drug. I'm. They're like, you're really bad. Well, they're like, or they're just like, whatever will stick on the wall. You know, they're just like <laughs> throw three drugs in it. Something will stick. We don't know what's gonna work. So just <laughs> here, take three. Uh, whatever. Eh, whatever. One, I'm pretty sure one of them at least was sort of uh, like, we don't know what's gonna work. But just in case, here's a Z pack. I'm like, right. okay, oh, just have this. Just in case that you're still like super sick deep just down. In case you really feel like you're gonna die, you can do this like emergency this, situation. This abuse of anti antibiotics is why we're gonna have a plague one day. Uh, yeah. But at least I don't have my cough. Yay! You're welcome. Victory. Uh, hi. Hello. You're still here? And this is Hysterical History. <laughs> that's Alexis. And that's Haley. And we have a broad perspective on topics. Uh, yeah. That's what it says on the can. It does, and it's exactly what it says on the tin. And today, uh, I'm reaching all the way over to Japan for our Japanese listeners. All the way I across mean, the big wet. Yes, also for everybody else, you know. Yeah. Japan's cool, and this war is hilarious. And it's, I know that's weird to say about a war, um, but you'll get it in a minute. Oh no! Some some are much better. <laughs> some are funnier than others. Some are much better than others. We need <laughs> to talk about great. Like the what was it? What's it like the the emu war in Australia? <laughs> yeah. I also at some point I'm going to teach you about the Norwegian butter crisis. <laughs> oh, please do. That sounds amazing. It's so good. It's not. There's not like a lot of facts about it, so it might be a short one. What? How can there not it's be? Really good. It's. We should just have an episode. Well, I didn't tell you what year it was. Oh, what year is it? Oh, I don't want to tell you. <gasps> it must be really old if you don't have a lot of facts. I don't want to tell you. Oh I my mean, gosh. there's just not a lot of facts. But it's called a butter crisis. It's a butter crisis, and uh, that's what happens in Norway. They don't have wars. They have butter crises. <laughs> That sounds like true. We should oh, just Norway. have an episode that's just all the weird wars. Totally. Crises. And crises. All right. Uh, but today we're talking about the Russo-Japanese War. Yes. Which I don't know how much you know about it already. Uh, I mean, I know a lot about how Russians as a culture handle <laughs> things. Right. So I'm already expecting a bit of a chuckle. Oh, it is just pure madness. So... Uh, the war starts on February 8th, 1904, but I have to tell you what happens right before that. Sure. So, um, the Sino-Japanese War, the first one, had mm-hmm. just happened, um, which is what we call it in the West. There's lots of other names for it that I don't know. Like, everybody around there has a different name for it. Korea, and China, and oh, Japan, sure. I'm and sure. yeah. everyone. Yeah. But we call it in the West the Sino-Japanese War, which was, uh, 1894 to 1895, so mm-hmm. it's real short. Um, and it ended with the Treaty of... I'm going to pronounce so many names wrong today, you have no idea. Oh, no. Can't pronounce Japanese names, can't pronounce Russian names. We're going to we go. lose so many viewers. Our Japanese viewers are going to hate this. Oh, no. <laughs> They're going to all leave. If we did this for you, we're going <laughs> to just ruin your ears. With the Treaty of uh, Simonoseki, uh, Russia 
um, actually brokered their treaty okay. between China and Japan. Sure. So basically, Japan just like hammered the crap out of China, and everybody was like, "How?" Like <laughs> as Mr. Peets would say, one of my old uh, Chinese history professors, "How could humongous China be beaten by tiny Japan?" <sighs> oh no! <laughs> he was so flabbergasted. Oh, Pete. in my. <laughs> History of East Asia class. That's not how war works. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's just, I mean, he had a good point. They had a lot more resources. They had a lot more people. Um, but the Japanese were just better. They're just better. Um, but because of this, Japan uh, earned themselves multiple things. But, like, control of the sea there and Korea. Okay. Which is what China and Japan are always fighting over is mm-hmm. Korea. Yeah. Because um, I don't think Japan at any point thinks it can take over China. <laughs> but it just wants more land because, like, mm-hmm. island nations are kind of obsessed with having more land. Right. Because they have nowhere to expand it's the to. one thing they don't have. Right. They just can't go out farther in their borders. They can't have a simple border dispute. Right. Um, so they have to go elsewhere. So whatever's closest to them they really want. Right. Like yeah. Korea. They gotta go elsewhere and poke their neighbors. Right. Do you know where Manchuria is? Like the Manchurian Peninsula? Yes. Okay. So it's not really... I'm gonna explain anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's not really Korea. Like, I always thought it was just Korea. Uh-huh. But it's like the area um, northwest of Korea, kind of. Sure. Like behind it. Um, that's... Uh, Japan is obviously not touching, but Japan wants control of with Korea that it does own. Mm-hmm. Um, China is touching, like depending on what time the map is, it belongs to China. Uh-huh. Um, and Russia also wants because it's right there, uh, all next to them. I think right. it also touches Mongolia, but they uh... settle down, Russia. <laughs> at this point, they don't. Care. You don't use it <laughs> on the side of the country. You barely use it all. Um, but so. Because of this treaty and Japan's entrance into Korea, it gives them a much better uh, shot at Manchuria, right? And China's kind of, like, beaten down a bit right now, so they don't have the Mm -hmm. forces to even try to defend it. And Russia's like, hey, since China's not in there, maybe I could get in there. Um, Stop it. Stupid. Or I want to say up top, Japan wins. (laughs) Uh, But, like... By all of the statistics that I read, they should not have won. Mm-hmm. And it's only by just, like, sheer incompetence of Russia that they did not win. Russia! So, here we go. Represent. Sounds about right. So, Tsar Nicholas II had three times as many warships, six times as many soldiers, and three times the population oh, of, of course. Japan. Of course. So, it's just, like, way more people, way more resources, everything. And uh, so they weren't, like, on super good footing in the first place. Sure. But then in 1898, Russia occupied a Chinese fortress called uh, Port Arthur, which I'm like, what? What? <laughs> Who named that? Who? <laughs> like, that's not Russian. That's not Chinese. <laughs> that's not Japanese. It's also, uh, it's now Lushan, so which I'm sure is Chinese. Um, and then again in 1903, uh, Russia had economic interests focused on Korea, which is owned by Japan. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're just trying to get up into their spot. And I'm like, dude, you got to settle down. Don't do that. Why do you do this? They just won a war. Maybe that's why they thought they would be less good, is because they had just fought a war and, like, they didn't have the resources anymore. But right. it's, like, ten years later almost. Right. It's so. like after the war, you just want to lay down and have a nap. <laughs> right. But so, um, the Japanese actually start the war, um, but they kind of see it as being started by Russia taking that port. Sure. That ch- uh, Chinese port. So on February 8th, 1904, uh, Admiral Hai- Hachiro Togo um, launches a surprise attack on 
Port Arthur. Port um, Arthur. Can't get over that. <laughs> I also put a fact in here that I want to, like, communicate the idea of. So that, like, a lot of things I read said that the Russians lost because they didn't have support from their, like, people. That, like, the Japanese people sure. were like, yeah, and they're really excited, uh-huh. and they were like, and their soldiers are really dedicated, um, and they're like, got the Bushido code, and they're just really intense about it right now. Um, like, in, in one side I read it even said, like, they had perfected it from, like, samurai. That samurai actually, like, weren't super great at it, which is true. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, like, the soldiers at this time, they, like, influenced them with the history of it, and they were actually, like, better than the samurai at following this code, which makes sense to me. The Russians, however, not so much. Um, like, Moscow and St. Petersburg are 75 uh, or 7,500 miles from the war zone. Yep, it's a long way. Right, so they're like super detached from what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys didn't know, Russia is huge. <laughs> it's very long. And it's very long, and there's just not a lot in the middle part. It's like, there's a bunch on the west side, there's a little bit on the east side, and there's nothing in the middle. There's nothing in the middle, which is why I'm like, you, you're you not going to use it. <laughs> I asked a quote. I think this was from Wikipedia. I always love quotes from Wikipedia because they're supposed to be, like, not super biased. I know, but they, <laughs> and they end up being all the time. It's they right. are. They, it just says Russia, meanwhile, had entered the war unprepared for conflict oh, in Asia. Oh. And I'm like, yep, I've never uh. heard a more correct sentence. Um, so their war minister, Alexei N. Kuropatkin, he resigned from his ministerial uh, portfolio, is what it says, um, and assumed the command of the Russian army. So he's like the, the strategist. He's not really in charge of the armies right then. But he resigns from that post so that he can be in charge of the army, which I feel okay. like is a problem <laughs> immediately. Um, like, who was supposed to be in charge of the army? No one oh, knows. Oh, no. And he proceeded to Manchuria, where he arrived in March 1904. So they start, he gets there a month after they started the war. Um, or the first time they're attacked, I guess. Uh, and most of the people being transported to fight in Japan, like, there's not a lot of people on the eastern Russian coast. Um, and so they're taking the Trans-Siberian Railway, right? Yep. Yeah. Which is extremely useful um, for this war, but it still doesn't help that much. But it says, since his forces were being transferred from one end of the empire to the other on a single track and still incomplete Trans-Siberian Railway, Kirill Patkin set up defenses that he hoped would give Russia at least three months to build up its military presence in Far East. Stupid. So he's like, hopefully we can get some people just over there. Um, while we send our people across oh the country. God. It's like sending people to another... I mean, it is sending people to another side of the planet, but it might as well be, sorry, a different planet that you're sending them to. <laughs> right. Um, and, like, people at this time in Europe, they don't have a lot of contact with the East, and definitely not a lot of military contact. Like, they have trade contact, but they're so far away from each other uh-huh. that they don't really, like, butt heads a lot. They just have, like, arguments about trade routes and stuff. Arguments um, and former, like, <coughs> cultural problems and stuff. Right, but they don't actually have, like, physical altercations. Right. And, of course, the Europeans view their superiority against everyone in the whole world. Yeah. So even though Japan just defeated China, mm-hmm. they're like, well, they're Asians. They're all <laughs> Asians. Well, it's We're China. better than the Asians. Yeah. And I'm like, Russia, you're pretty Asian, just saying. You're pretty... No one As really. far as geography is concerned, Russia. you're pretty Asian. You don't belong anywhere. It's a problem. No <laughs> one really don't. wants you. You don't belong anywhere. <laughs> so the Japanese movements unnerved the commander of Port Arthur, General A.M. Stossel. 
Stossel, don't know, um, who immediately appealed to Nicholas II, uh, personally appointed Viceroy of the Far East, or his personal Viceroy, uh, Admiral E.I. Alexeyev, um, for help. He ordered Kuropatkin to attack the Japanese, but the commander-in-chief holding that he was answerable only to the Tsar refused. Yeah. He's like, you can't tell me what to do. No. I don't care if you're in charge of the Far East. Nicholas didn't tell me what to do. So. Yeah. So what are you going to do about it? Too freaking bad. <laughs> Which is ridiculous, because all he said was, hey, you should attack the Japanese. And he's like, no. And he crossed his arms. No. No. <laughs> and the only reason I bring that up is because I want you to understand how well the Russians are working together. Yeah. Um, hey, can you attack those people who uh, attacked us? Surprise? No. No. Not till not till Dad says I can. They are a well. You're not my dad. A well oiled problem. Um, and they thought the Port Arthur had enough supplies to withstand a long siege. Apparently, oh, no. <laughs> Remember, it says thought that they had enough. Yeah, not that they did. Um, so he had no intentions of deviating from his plan. Kuropatkin. Mm, no, no, no. Before it says before the dispute could be resolved, the Japanese forced Kuropatkin's hand by defeating the Russians in a hotly contested Battle of Nanshan in April. So they basically just smashed them. Um, Spanked them. Uh, yeah, throughout the war, um, Japan loses no battles. Um, and uh-huh. they only, like, do worse in some battles yeah. than the Russians. Uh, and usually it's on land because they have better boats because they're an island nation. Yeah. The thing about island nations, they put a lot of money into their navy. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's almost like uh, once you try to get to the island nation, everything goes to heck. Yeah, it's it's strange. Also, like, it's hard to uh, beat an island nation right next to their coast and in a water area. Like, maybe yeah. you should have picked somewhere landlocked, doofus. <laughs> maybe, you need a, maybe you need a navy, stupid. <laughs> so they do have some ships over there, but not very many. No. Um, it says, eventually the fleet was destroyed by Japanese forces besieging Port Arthur, and the port itself surrendered in January 1905. I- so it took them, like, a year. <laughs> yeah. But they got them to surrender the port. Um, and this is when... Um, Oh, so the Russians sent another fleet to the Far East to redeem the situation, but oh. after an epic voyage, that uh. too was obliterated. And that's what I'm mostly going to be talking about, uh. <clears throat> is just the ridiculousness therein of Russia needs to get boats that way, but they <laughs> can't. But they can't. Because there's so much um, like land in the way. Uh, right. There's so many other countries and like space and area, because it's like, you know, 80% of the world's yeah. land mass that people live on. Uh, so. Panama Canal isn't built yet. Not Panama, sorry. Um, no, Suez Canal is built. Suez Canal is built? But we'll get okay. there. I'm glad you know <laughs> what I meant. Also, I'm like, yeah. no, the other one. <laughs> I got you. Uh, I mean, I just was reading about it. Uh, Russia's only all-year naval base was Port Arthur, and it was taken away. You didn't need it. <laughs> the strategery is what they say got to them. Um, the Russians were soundly defeated in each of these battles by an enemy that first outthought and then outmaneuvered them. Yeah. <laughs> That's a quote I have. Which is awesome. Obviously. Um, what are you doing? Ooh, and you'll like this from um, our... Last episode, uh, the two most important battles at Liaoyang in August 1904 and Mukden in March, I don't know, about Mukden, March 1905, were won by Japanese encircling movements. Yes. Just like good old Hannibal. <laughs> Every um, time we picture, we say a battle with this uh, this war, I'm, I'm putting up air quotes, this war, war, is like the Russians putting something out. 
and then the Japanese kind of just kind of like put a foot out and like smush it out like yeah. a, like a, just cigar- like, like a cigarette. Sweep it off the table. No. Just like and uh, like something something weird got on the table and they just kind of brush it off. Oh, like t- a like a cigarette they're they're uh, towing out on the sidewalk. Right. What what is that? Looking, Weird. Um, so I want to give you the troops deployed now. I put this at the bottom. But Russia deployed approximately 2 million people yep. in 1905. That's yeah. a lot of people. It's a lot of people. A lot of soldiers. Uh, the Japanese did 400,000. Mm-hmm. Um, Russia's big advantage in every war from uh, ever is yep. just that they have reserves. It's true. Um, but it doesn't usually actually help um, <laughs> because, and I was like, how with that big of a difference could they like stomp on them so soundly? That's impressive, um, and it's because of their artillery mostly. Um, it says uh, the Japanese lobbed sixteen thousand eight hundred artillery rounds at the armies of China while in just w- that's total in the first Sino-Japanese War. Yeah, while in just one battle against the Russians at Mukden, they burned through three hundred forty-four thousand eight hundred fifty-five shells. Oh my Holy gosh! Holy balls! Yeah, they will not stop. No, <laughs> that's crazy. Welcome um, to the east. Gonna murder you now. Also, this is hilarious. Uh, it says, ironically, by the Battle of Mukden, Kuropatkin had finally achieved numerical superiority, just as the Japanese reached the end of their material and human resources. But he and his staff and the Russian intelligence services never became aware of this advantage. Oh my god! And were intimidated by the Japanese no. army's maneuverability. Stupid. So they've gotten to the end of the war. Like Mukden's basically the last major battle that they have, uh-huh. and they're so scared of them now because they've been just du- <laughs> stomping on yeah. them. That even though they literally have all the advantages, right. they don't know that they do, and, yeah. and their fear makes them just incapable. They're little scared babies. They're like, uh, right. man, maybe this was a bad idea. <laughs> they could have come back at the end and, like, done something. No. No. They, they really don't. Punked out. Um, <laughs> and so we're going to talk about my favorite thing now. Yes. Yes. Which is, a final event that captured the attention of the world was a saga of Russian's Baltic fleet. Yes. So, like, this is in international papers. Like, I read uh-huh. some of them. Um, by autumn of 1904, Russia's Pacific fleet lay in ruins. So, like, they started this war in February of 1904. So, by fall, they have no ships over there, of basically, at don't. all. Of course they don't. Of course they do They're just gone. And so they're like, well, crap, we need boats because the Japanese have all the boats. Right? Yep. They wanted, and, and to regain control of the sea, it says like they ever had control of the sea. No, ne- you never had control of the sea. <laughs> Not of that one. No. Um, Nicholas II ordered the Baltic fleet to the Far East. Oh, no. So, in case you don't know geography very oh, no. well, the the Baltics in general, like the area, is like the, the states that touch the water that are physically connected to Russia, right? That touch the Baltic Sea right there. Yeah. Uh, um, Baltic countries are like Lithuania, Estonia, Estonia. Latvia. Those ones. Um, so they obviously Russia has a fleet of ships in the Baltic Sea to make sure that like relations with other European nations go okay, right? To yeah. protect themselves in case someone tries to attack them. Like Russia is so fussy about its Western uh, Ocean access. Right for for this entire reason, they're like, mm, we don't need the ships anymore. We, yeah, we got to send them across the entire world. Right. 
So they're not really worried about Europe at this point. They're like, we're getting stomped on in Japan. This is a problem. And it's embarrassing because they're supposed to be so much better because they're European, uh-huh. right? So this is just sad oh, and pathetic. Oh, they're doing because they want to be European. That's so sad. <laughs> they do. They want to be European real bad. No. And so they're like, you know what we need to do? We need to take all these ships and send them to Japan. But the problem is, like I said before, there's a giant landmass in the way. There's several giant landmasses. <laughs> it's true. And, like, they're not easy to get around. No. You know? You know, only hundreds of years before this, um, in, in sailboats, they're trying to get around, you know, or I shouldn't say sailboats, I guess it makes it sound really small. Um, like a dinghy. Like they're right. going around in their like yachts. Sails, ships with sails. Yeah. Um, like Magellan's trying to get around, and it just takes him forever. Sail ships. Sail ships. I no, don't think that's sail, a thing. Sailboats is a toy. <laughs> yeah, sail ship is a vessel. But they're trying to get around and just having a hell of a time. Yeah. And I know they have better technology at this point, but it's still not great. It's not great. So, um... <laughs> he sends a 140 ship squadron um and they spend nearly half of the war in transit. Oh no. Yep. Like that's how long it takes. It takes most of a year. Yeah. Half of the there. war. Um it's a, I I think it's about a year, yeah. Um a voyage of nearly 18,000 sea miles from the Baltic to the Pacific. Oh my gosh. Um, so it attracts a lot of international press, obviously, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. just because of, like, the sheer ridiculousness of it. I think it would have anyway. That's so terrible. But there are multiple incidences that happen along the way oh, no. that make it much worse. Oh, no. So I asked you if you've heard of the Dogger Bank incident, uh-huh. and you said you had not. I had not. This is the greatest thing I've ever oh, heard. Oh, my God. Um, so it's also known as the North Sea incident. Oh, no. The Russian outrage. Uh-oh. And the incident of Hull. Oh, um, no. So, <laughs> so basically, they're still in, like, that area. Um, <clears throat> they're coming up around England. And, uh, okay. and you know, they have a pretty sizable um, force. So they have to go probably north of England. Like, they can't go through um, the channel. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so while they're coming up on England... Oh, I should say before this, um, this is one of the first, like, major conflicts... Um, between, like, different international powers that uses submarines. Oh, So submarines are terrifying everyone. Yeah. And they, and <clears throat> because it feels like they could be anywhere. And they and can And you be. have no real idea of figuring out where they are. Right. Like, they don't have radar. They don't oh, know yeah. where they are. Right. Oh, my gosh. And so it's terrifying yeah. for them to try to figure, or sonar, I should say, I guess radar's in the air. Radar. Um, <laughs> they don't have sonar. So they, it's the same technology. It's just the location. Whatever. Um, but so they can't figure out where they are. Uh-huh. Which is is horrifying. Um, and <laughs> Russians, once again, the Japanese have scared the Russians quite a bit just with their ability. Um, and I, I think America had sold Russia, or not Russia, uh, Japan, um, some submarines. Oh, no. That's our contribution to this war. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm almost positive that we had sold them submarines. You should lose automatically if you don't have a submarine and the so, island nation has a submarine. Yeah, I don't, I didn't read anything about Russia having any submarines, so I don't think they did, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I mean, um, like, before this, I wouldn't care that much. It wouldn't be a priority to get a submarine if I was Russia. Right. 
But now it's a huge problem. Yeah, now it's a huge problem. But so they're afraid that these submarines could be literally anywhere in the ocean. Right. Like, seriously. And and they can. Um, That's true. That's a fact. Right. But if you know anything about Japan, you know, like, that they are, like, efficient with their resources. Right. So they're not just going to send submarines across the entire ocean waiting for you. Not everyone's quite that stupid. Also, they don't need to. They're smashing you to pieces without doing that. Yeah. In their own land with their submarines right next to their country where they can control them. They have the hometown advantage. There's no reason uh, to get crazy about it. By the way, I don't know if uh, certain dead Russians got the memo, but it's not necessary to send materials all the way across the world. Sure ain't. To do thing. (laughs) So anyway... So they're scared, is what I'm trying to communicate. That when they even just leaving the Baltic Sea, wait. So they're, they're scared, scared. They're scared the whole time. Yes. Oh no. So they're scared in the Baltic Sea that um, they think that the Japanese, I think it says, could have um, torpedo boats, is what they call them, oh, um, no. submarines. I guess torpedo boats are different than submarines. Don't know. Um, I guess boats that shoot torpedoes, which is also kind of new. Yeah. Um, so they're afraid that they could be like anywhere, and I think specifically they said they got intelligence, which is obviously not very intelligent. That. Um, they had ships like on the Danish coast or something. Why? So really, I don't know. But so like really <laughs> close. And if they're submarines, they're just hidden under the water, so you wouldn't even be able to see them coming up. Yeah. Like, let alone. It's just paranoia. It's right just now at this extreme point. paranoia. So as they're going, the Russian Baltic fleet, they are told. Um, I'm trying to look. Uh, it says Russian Admiral Zinovy Rozhestvensky. Oh gosh, um, called for increased vigilance, issuing an order that no vessel, no vessel of any sort, must be allowed to get in among the fleet. Oh, so n- in our group of ships, no other boats are allowed to be even near us, basically, let okay. alone inside the group. Yeah, we need to make sure that doesn't happen. No one gets in the click, right? Um, so when the Russian Baltic fleet mistook a British trawler fleet, oh no! So fishermen, oh no! Trawlers are fishing boats. English fishing boats. <laughs> From Kingston upon Hull, which is why it's called Kingston Incident, Hull, whatever, sure. in Dogger Bank area of the North Sea, for an Imperial Japanese Navy force. What? And fired on them. No! So, Russia, Russia thinks that British <coughs> fishing boats are Japanese naval ships in the North Sea. In the North Sea. Why? Why would they do that? Why are you doing that? It's so stupid. Those poor fishermen. And if people don't understand, like, that's an extremely big problem. Like, this is, um, wars have been started for less than this. Way less. Yeah. And this is England, too. Right. In their own First of all, owns the sea, all yeah, of it, all around of it. them. Yeah. And second of all, like, they're not super, like, no offense to England, and I'm saying this actually in a positive way, they're not super, like, understanding of you accidentally murdering their fishermen thinking they were Japanese naval ships. Because, like, is there not a size difference between right. the naval ships and the fish trawlers? Also, uh-huh. um... Japan, I'm assuming, is using the same boats, type of boat, that Russia is, which are coal-based. Okay, yeah. Like, that are steamships. Yeah. I don't think the fish trawlers are. I'm, like, almost sure that they're wooden boats. Yeah. Like, and not being powered by coal, which Mm. should, like, there's a huge smokestack signal. Huge smokestack. That should um, indicate to you maybe that it's not that thing. And if you're England, doesn't that sound... 
like the stupidest <laughs> excuse you've ever heard for 40 Russian ships to just crawl into your backyard and shoot your trawlers. Yeah. Uh, we thought it was a Japanese boat. Right. Why would you think that? Why do you think that they would sail around the world to get to you, doofus? Um, so they <laughs> also in the um, chaos of the melee, they fire on each other. The Russian fleet <laughs> is shooting at each other. Apparently, they can't even tell which boats are theirs. Oh no! <laughs> That's a, they barely even leave their house. This is in international papers. Oh my gosh! Around the world. <sighs> So oh, no. Depressing. This is part of, I mentioned this to you before we started recording, um, this is part of why, kind of, I think they call it World War Zero. Like, part of it is that it's, like, two people, like, two um, groups who normally don't fight, who are very far away, with very different cultures, sure. and very different understanding of each other. Um and they and it because it involves so much travel, but also I think it's because it had like international attention because of this. Sure. Specifically. Like it already was like, whoa, Russia's fighting Japan, like that's a big deal. Um because they're so far apart and they've never done this really. And yeah, it's you know, crazy. Like, in my mind, the entire route the fleet would have taken would have been them slowly going around Europe and like around uh, like India, and the entire way, the entire international community is just standing on the shore, pointing and laughing at them. Right. Yeah. It's pretty embarrassing. But then they do this. Then it's so much worse. Like three steps outside uh, their door. Yeah. They've like literally barely left their house, and they've already like fallen right on their face. <laughs> they they went outside. They mobilized their fleet, and they basically shot the first person they saw. And that included themselves. And and themselves. And they shot themselves yeah. in the foot. Yep. Doing it. Like, literally shot themselves in the foot. Do you see why I love Russia? <laughs> They're great. <laughs> anyway, um, with ample report about the presence of Japanese torpedo boats, submarines, and minefields in the North Sea, ample reports what? that are completely made up, clearly. What? Um, and the general nervousness of sailors, 48 harmless fishing vessels, 48 no, that's fishing so ships funny. were attacked by Russians uh, thousands of miles away from enemy waters. Oh, my god! They're so far away from oh their my real gosh. enemy. And they're just attacking these fishermen. What was, what was the life cost? Um, I'll tell you in a minute. Oh, no. Uh, it's it's not bad. Okay. <laughs> and I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, this isn't like... This, this shouldn't be blamed completely on Russians either. Um, the Spanish-American War, they also had um, torpedo boats, the Spanish mm-hmm. did. Um, and uh, in 1989, American warships opened fire on ocean swells, trains on land, and rocks along the coastline, thinking they were Spanish <sighs> torpedo boats. So, like, this isn't just Russia. It's terrible. Um, America has done similar oh things. Oh, my gosh. Which rocks. makes me really want to talk about the Spanish-American War. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, boy, the... Uh, Advent of sonar was a big deal, wasn't it? Yeah, it helped a lot. <laughs> um, so before the uh, Dogger Bank inc- incident, says the nervous Russian fleet fired on fishermen carrying consular dispatches from Russia to them. Oh no! Um, near the Danish coast, without causing any damage due to their poor gunnery, they shot so badly <laughs> that nothing actually happened. That's even worse somehow. I know it's just so depressing. Like someone's trying to get to your house with a letter. From your grandma, for your granddad. Right. Uh, 
and you're just trying to shoot them down, and they they just kind of keep slowly walking up. And <laughs> they don't even miss, dodge. You keep they missing. Just keep walking <laughs> straight forward as the explosions happen around them. They're just. Uh, I just Whatever. need. I just need to leave this with you. Sorry. Sorry. I guess. And then they leave. As you continue shooting, and you keep missing. Right. That's a farce if I've ever heard one. <laughs> right. This sounds fake. A lot of this <laughs> sounds like propaganda, well, but it's uh, obviously not. Russia! Um, so the British trawler crane was sunk in oh. this fight incident, and its captain and first mate were killed. Oh. Um, four other trawlers were damaged, and six other fishermen were wounded, one of whom died a few months later. Oh. So three people died. Three of the fishermen. Um, and they actually have, I saw a statue for these three fishermen. Oh, no. uh, they have, like, in, it's only a statue of one person, but in um, North Hole, I think it is, yeah, um, or like whatever it's called. Scotland or something. It's in England, okay. um, I think. But they have a statue for them, and it has their names listed and the incident on what it. A, what a weird statue. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, like, nice. Like, yeah. to commemorate, you know, that they were just doing their freaking job. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's murdered nice, them it's in nice cold for them. blood. But the entire situation <laughs> that led to it is just like, this is weird that this is necessary. It's so ridiculous. Remember, and, you know what? It's not over. Remember when the Russians came over and shot down all our fishing boats? Right. For no reason. Oh, also, um, as the trawlers had their nets down, they were unable to flee. Oh, no. So they couldn't even try to get away. And in the general chaos, Russian ships shot each other. The cruisers Aurora and Dmitry Donskoy uh, were taken for Japanese warships. What? Uh, so their own ships. And bombarded by seven battleships sailing in formation, what? damaging both ships and killing a chaplain and at least one sailor severely wounding Not another. Not chaplain. Come on. <laughs> so they, yeah, they killed their priest and a sailor. <laughs> And then another guy who was there. Man, being that chaplain, you're like, are you for serious? I'm going to be killed by Russian soldiers while I'm trying to freaking help them yeah. be okay with God. Dicks. But yeah, so they literally couldn't even run away. So when they started approaching them, they probably like, well, if they weren't, if they were not Japanese people uh, who were like, whatever, they probably wouldn't be standing their ground. They'd probably try to get away from us and uh, get out of our way, but they literally couldn't yeah. because the nets are down and they're stuck. They're like anchors with the fish. Right. They're fishing. Yeah. Okay. So several several Russian ships signaled that torpedoes had hit them. Where? Uh, what? Where? You know, How? maybe. Just in case. Just, I just picture, like, manatees. I don't know if they have manatees there. <laughs> like, running into the boat. They're like, torpedoes! They do not have manatees, but that would be very funny. Or, like, you know, big fish. <laughs> Torpedo! <laughs> um, we heard that thing! And on board the battleship Borodino, rumors spread that the ship was being boarded by the Japanese. What? There, there are rumors that the Japanese are on their boat. The Japanese are in Japan. They're in Japan. Like, basically only. <laughs> They're not even here, and people think they're being boarded how, by Japanese soldiers. How scared were those people? They're terrified. That they, they had to make up a rumor. Well, not even they had to. They just It just arose out of their fear. And the response is, some of the crew dons life vests. Oh, no. And they lie prone on the deck. What? And others draw cullises. Is that... Because they're pirates. Is that procedure? <laughs> If someone's boarding you, put on a life vest, lie down. I just picture them, like, basically planking, just, like, face down still on the deck. What are I mean, you, they're probably face up. What are you doing? They might be face up. I don't know. What is that going to do? Are but, you surrendering? Maybe. 
They're just like, no. The Japanese aren't here, I want to remind they're, you. Yeah, there's no one there. There's, they think they're on board. They think they're putting on life vests. They're cr- freaking laying on the ground and crying. They're drawing out their yeah. swords because they think they're pirates. Watching yeah. this from afar, you would think everyone had simply gone crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, more serious losses to both sides were only avoided. So the British fishing trawlers and the Russian yeah. ships. Um uh, to both sides were only avoided by the extremely low quality of Russian gunnery. Oh no. With the battleship Oryal uh reportedly firing more than five hundred shells without hitting anything. What? What? Just lost in the North Sea. After twenty minutes firing, the fishermen saw blue light signaling on one of the warships the order to cease firing. Okay. So once it's been 20 minutes that they're shooting at this, and they're like, ah, torpedoes, ah, they're on our boat, ah, we're being boarded, shooting at each other, kill the chaplain. Um, (laughs) After after 20 minutes of that with no actual fire coming back, they're like, wait a minute. Hold on. Maybe. Hold on. Maybe. Wait. They're not Japanese. Wait. Maybe we were wrong. They're not. Mm, Hold on. Um, Admiral... Roz Hestvinsky, gosh, his name so long, was heavily criticized for not leaving the British sailors' lifeboats. Wait, they they left? Just keep going. They they left and they didn't leave lifeboats for the fishermen. That's so terrible. Just what dicks. They did that, and then they're like, they're just like sidling away, whistling. Ready for the editorial of the morning's Times report? Oh, wait, whose Times? Uh, Amer- it's the New York Times. Okay. Yes. Um, it is almost inconceivable that men calling themselves seamen, however frightened <laughs> they might be, could spend 20 minutes bombarding a fleet of fishing boats without discovering the nature of their target. It's. Uh, it does sound a bit unreal. It's impossible that they didn't know. But they are terrified. I don't know if this was at night or not either. Um, I assume True. in my brain that it was at night because they're being insane. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, right, which is even... Can you imagine if this was during the day? <laughs> There'd be no excuse. There's simply no excuse. Britain and Russia would be at war. That's what would happen. <laughs> England would have taken over Russia. It was just That's like, what would have happened. What are you doing? Uh, nothing. We didn't do anything. What are you talking? Gotta go. You didn't... Do- Bye. Japan. It's Bye. gonna take a while. Gotta leave. Gotta go now. Uh, The incident led to serious diplomatic conflict between Russia and Britain, which was particularly dangerous due to the Anglo-Japanese alliance. So, England and Japan currently have an alliance for war. That's not gonna last. At that time. That's not gonna last. Oh, no, it doesn't. Um, It's until, like, the 1920s or something, I think it said. They, like, revised it a few times. But Japan also isn't hugely a part of World War I in Europe. So, um... But it does not last till World War II. Yeah. Definitely not. And later, England has more of a more of a treaty with like J- Japan than it does with like anyone else. It's true. They like Japan. Yeah, Japan's good. Yeah. Um, and then, these people usually, but no one likes Russia. No. And um, so basically, the treaty, I mean, is the same as all the treaties at the time, which is like if you go to war with someone and they attack me, I'll back you up. Right. This is back. I'll with, join with you. Yeah. This is. Pre World War One, when everyone uh, didn't know that was a terrible idea, right? And the, basically, those kind of contracts uh, cause World War One. Yeah, like that's how everybody gets involved. Um, they uh, contractually obligate you to start a world war, right? Which is just horrible, just a domino effect of doom and terribleness. Um, so uh, the British Royal Navy prepared for war 
with uh, 28 battleships of the home fleet being ordered to raise steam and prepare for action, while British cruise squadrons shadowed the Russian fleet as it made its way through yeah, the Bay of Biscay and down yeah. the coast of Portugal. So until they get past Europe, yeah. the British Navy escorts them out. Which is so that for, they're not doing anything else for the stupid. Best. For the best. And that they can prove that they're not actually trying to murder them. Yep. Because how even do we I, uh, do this? I feel safer already. Under diplomatic pressure, the Russian government agreed to investigate the incident, and Rozhestvensky uh, was ordered to dock in Vigo, Spain, where he left those officers considered responsible. So not him. What? He just left him? He wasn't in charge. He just leaves him in Spain. Bye. And then it says in parentheses, as well as at least one officer who had been critical of him. Oh. So who wasn't involved well, at all? Just leave him there, too. He was just kind of mean. Just leave him also in Vigo's man. It's like, you should not have killed the, that priest. We Bye. We don't want him. Hope you enjoy paella. <laughs> I mean, it's delicious. It's pretty good. Spain's a lot better than Russia. You'll probably enjoy yourself. <laughs> it's like, hope you enjoy yourself. He's like, I, w- I will. I Why mean, are you doing this, though? <laughs> especially as long as you don't have a family. Just, like, live in Spain for the rest of your life. Yeah. Nothing terrible's going to happen there. <laughs> Never. Um, so the Kamchatka... Is one of their ships. Um, it is a repair ship. So its whole purpose is to repair the other ships. They're going to be busy. Uh, yeah. So it says they eventually rejoined the fleet after they had gone missing. Wait, what? For like a... What? For multiple days at That's, least. What? So they just disappear. They have no idea where Kamchatka went. It's the early 1900s. They have maps. Uh, yeah, it just goes off on its own, and they have no idea where it is, as they go around Europe to, like, get to the to Africa. What? Um, and she claimed that she had been engaged by three Japanese warships and fired over 300 shells. You, you were all drunk and on a bender, and you were taking a break. Be honest. The ship she had actually fired at... Oh, no, she was fired! She was really firing on ships! 300 shells. Oh, no! I'm gonna die. <laughs> Are you ready? Russia, no. The ships she was actually firing at were a Swedish merchantman. No. A German trawler. Stop it. And a French schooner. Are you kidding me? Are you trying to make the whole world hate you? Is that your goal? It's like you have a checklist. It's like you know that they're from different countries and you're actively trying to seek them out. Like uh, So far you've hit yeah. Britain. Sweden, Germany, and France. Just like a little list going down. Right. Just mm. all of the countries close enough to you in Europe that like might want to murder you a little bit. Yeah. Boy, you know who's not on that list? Japan. Once again, this was a repair ship. <laughs> They're what? not it's... even supposed to be attacking people. No, they just got lost. They probably have a gun just for safety purposes. You know? That's just why, in case uh... they get too close to actual action. So or in case they run out of all their other ships. Yeah. That's not their job. That's that's supposed to be for, like, honorable suicides. <laughs> oh, gosh. So as the fleet leaves Tangiers, that's when... Oh, sorry. I think this is also Kamchatka. Um, one ship accidentally severed the city, so Tangiers, underwater telegraph cable with her anchor. What? So now Tangiers uh, can't communicate with Russia... Or not with Russia. For, with Europe for four days. At all. I'm making a face... They they didn't bring up their anchor, and so they just, like, hooked onto their telegraph cable and cut right through it. What a mess. 
This is why I was like, wow, I feel safer when you learn that the British fleet was escorting the Russian fleet out of Europe. Right. Because they need it. So they know that no shenanigans They are need it. This is what happens when you leave them alone. So there's debate about this next point, um, but I like the way that this is put. So yeah. I'm going to just go with this it's version. It's funny, so we're doing it. Right. Um, the Russian fleet was barred from using the Suez Canal <laughs> and British ports as a result of the incident. So there's not... Oh, no. Yeah, because they attacked them. They're like, no, we're not going to help you. So now they have to go around Africa. Yes. <clears throat> um, some people say that that's a propaganda, like, propagandic statement that they were never going to go through the Suez Canal because their boats were too big, which might be true. Might be true. But they also might have just sent, like, their smaller boats through, and they could have gone around with the other ones. Right. Like, some of their boats could have gone, I I'm assume. sure they could have fit. Um, but... In any case, I'm sure England would not have let them do it. No. Which is, like, funny, because the British have, like, de facto ownership of the Suez Canal at this time. Uh-huh. They don't technically, they're not allowed, really, to say, no, you can't go through it just because they don't like you. Uh, but they're gonna. But they did, and nobody cares because it's England. Um, and it's Russia. It thus proceeded around Africa, where it rendezvoused with German supply ships that had been hired to replenish its coal stocks at sea. They're also using steamboats, remember? Sure. So yeah. they need coal. Yeah. And you run out of coal. You run out. Eventually. Mm-hmm. And so they have, and they've just, like, immediately negated all British ports from helping them. Yeah. By doing this. I'm surprised they didn't negate all French, Swedish, and uh, German. I, I mean, Sweden wouldn't really have mattered. But yeah. um, I also am... Actually, at this time, apparently, France and Russia had, like, really good relations. So they were probably like, oh, it's, it's okay. And you're not doing it to me specifically. You all make mistakes. You're kind of just an idiot. And they did help them. Yeah. Also, I mean, you know, no one likes England if you're French. That's true. Um, they probably thought it was hilarious. So let's talk about the boats for a minute. Oh, yes. It says, The logistical nightmare of operating a coal-powered fleet at such at such distances added further confusion to the fleet as machinery broke down oh, no. and men had to operate in tropical conditions they were not prepared for. Oh, no. The Russians don't live in a tropical place. No. There is only really one location in, like, all of Russia that's kind of tropical. And it's, like, semi-tropical. It's not really actually it's, it's, tropical. Uh, it's maybe technically tropical. It's Sochi, remember, where we had the Winter Olympics. Yeah. Because that made sense. But anyway, I'm still mad about it. Yeah. Uh, I have a big... I'm really into the Olympics, and it deeply upset me. But anyway... um, So they don't know how to operate in tropical conditions. No. Almost at all. Your ships work by huge fires. are so hot that they just... Like, usually that's good for Russia, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. freezing. Yeah. So they're, like, sweet. But now it's terrible. Now it's bad. Um, The fleet's admirable for... Or admiral. I say admirable every time. Admiral. Admirable. He's very admirable of the fleet. We should call them um, admirables. But it's probably because of incidents like this that we don't. Yeah, probably. Uh, the fleet's admiral uh, forbid the opening of portholes for security. Oh, no. Against would-be Japanese torpedo boats. And thus, <laughs> the result was the ships became sweat boxes. Of course they did. Your ship runs on fire. And you won't let them open the windows. Bunch of Russians. I'm, of I'm surprised they didn't all perish before they made it. You have a big fire burning in the middle of your house and you're not allowed to open the windows. No. In, in uh, you know, Africa. In Africa. It's good. Great. Um, which I looked, I was looking, I think it was on Reddit that I saw this, and somebody was like, why wouldn't they let them open the 
windows. Like, what is that? What's the security uh, risk? Because some Japanese could get in. (laughs) No, well, they said it was because uh, the light reflecting might give away their position at night, I guess. Then just, like, put some oil on the windows. (laughs) I don't even know, dude. And they wanted to be able to see in case the Japanese were coming. Yeah. But no, someone could, like, slither in. Um, The Russian fleet lost... uh, Oh, so... So they have this whole long, terrible journey, right? Yes. To get over to Japan. Yeah. It takes forever. It's and then everyone's bad. really tired and everything's bad because it's not like they're refreshing crewmen as they go. It's the same freaking people for like almost a year yeah. on this freaking boat in the miserable hot because almost all of their land underneath there is hot and they're not used to it and right. it's horrible in their sweat boxes forever in their sweat ships <laughs> um, repeat so th- apparently they left with coal literally stacked on the decks sure like they had piles of coal on the deck yeah you're still gonna ship. need more though yeah um and then it says they stopped in Morocco, which is French-dominated, uh, Gabon, French Equatorial Africa, sure. um, Madagascar, um, Cameron Bay in French Indochina. They're just like French, 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 <laughs> wherever they can. <coughs> um, also, international maritime law at the time um, oh, allowed oh. for belligerent warships. I really like the word belligerent, belligerent? Um, because apparently, I didn't know this, yeah. but like when they're talking about it in history, it just means that they're currently at war. Okay. Like they are actively at war. Yeah. But I've never heard it used that way. Sure. It's always just like, you're a dick. Yeah, you're a dick. So, international maritime law allowed for belligerent warships to stay 24 hours in neutral ports for coaling. Okay. So they could get there. Sure. Um, but the Franco-Russian alliance meant that the French uh, officials often turned a blind eye to the Russians overstaying their limit, uh, much as chagrin of Japanese diplomats. Oh, also I read before this war started that Japan literally like was like, can I get some loans? Because I just had that war and I still don't have that much money. Sure. And everybody was like, uh, no. No. Nobody offered them any money. At all. Even their, like, allies. Even, like, England was like, no. No. I'm not getting involved in this. Oh, no. Um... So, by the time they actually get all the way around, uh, it says the Russian fleet lost all of its 11 battleships, four of its eight cruisers, oh and six of its nine destroyers. Oh, my gosh. In exchange, the Japanese only lost three torpedo boats. Well, oh, man. Takes so long. Well, we shot at so many freaking people who weren't even at war with us. Right. And this is what we got. Almost caused an international incident. Uh, it says the military debacle exposed the weakness of the Tsarist regime, duh, duh. Uh, and is usually considered the prime cause for the revolution of 1905. Written the prime cause? That's what they said. Prime cause? That's what they said. Uh, I'm just quoting. Well, maybe maybe like a, a good spark in the kindling. Shit. Uh, no, I agree. But I, I think it was a pretty... Strong cause. Because if there was any argument to be made that Nicholas was doing any amount of good, this just destroyed it. Yeah. Just ruined it. Absolutely. So now we have to murder all of them. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, it says, from a technical standpoint, the Russo-Japanese War was a precursor to World War I, which is why they call it World War Zero sometimes. Sure. Um, Both sides mobilized mass armies and used trenches, machine guns, and rapid-fire artillery, weapons that helped define the early 20th century battlefields. Interesting. Um, the Russo-Japanese War was rare in that the Russians admitted defeat, 
Yet on the day the Tsar's ministers asked for peace, they still fielded an army in Manchuria three times the size of the entire Japanese military. Oh, my god! They had so many more people. And so many more people there. Right. And they were still like, we're done. This was uh, bad. We made a terrible mistake. Big mistake. We're done. Um, as you can imagine, um, mm. there's a lot of a, uh, a lot of jokes around the world. A lot of um, war propaganda. Sure. Um, I can making imagine. fun of the Russians. That's oh yeah, pretty great. It's pretty rough. I oh, also America. Teddy Roosevelt brokered the peace between those two boys. Teddy between uh, Russia and Japan. Teddy when Japan or when. Uh, Russia finally surrendered to Japan. So yeah, well. that's how we were involved. You asked how we were involved. We sold them boats. We brokered their peace. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but the best thing that I learned was, um, so I found this story. I found sorry. I found a block print from Japan. A block print. Yeah. A propagandic block print. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, well, hold on. Is this like a real thing that happened, mm-hmm. or is this just like you're making fun of how bad they suck at everything? Sure. So, uh, the, the print forms part of a series. Um, I'm going to pronounce all of this wrong. Yeah. Uh, Rokoku Saibatsu Sensho Showa, um, which means the expeditionary war against Russia, tales of laughter. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else would you call it? Tales of laughter. That's all doing is sitting, waiting for Russia to get there, and just cackling at them while they're having a war. Yeah. All they can do is laugh. Uh, what? That's what we're doing. It's true. It's terrible. Um, so, the, the block laughter. print is of, um, uh, it's about the Siberian Railroad Railway. Okay. Um, yeah. And part of it was built on, it's called Lake Baikal. I think. Uh, Frozen Lake. Um, What? Wait, what? Yeah. It goes on the lake? Yeah. (laughs) What engineer okayed that? I mean, they said they were still building it, so they had to just put it somewhere. On the lake? (laughs) They put it on a frozen lake. How big is this lake? Uh, I don't know. Um, but it says uh, in the in the picture here two Japanese muse that it was not only the strength of Japanese army that won the battles but the recklessness of the Russians who built the railway on the lake Baikal Baikal whatever after seeing a train sink they considered oh rescuing the gosh. drowning soldiers but no. the Russians are too fearful of Japan to raise their heads and too helpless to reach out their arms uh, that's true <laughs> yeah we we uh, we learned that already we, how scared they were of Japan that we, possibly they would just drown instead of get them to help they them. would absolutely drown they would sink their own train into the lake <laughs> rather than accept help <laughs> uh, it says uh, from a different article I read because uh, I was like well hold on did this happen because I couldn't find very good sources for it so I was like uh, yeah. This sounds fake. And then it's, but you know, a lot of this sounds fake. Mm-hmm. And I know that lots of it isn't. Yeah. Um, it says, so there's a quote from a different article that says, the crabs, I think it's from Washington Post. The crabs? The, so the crabs in Lake Baikal. It oh, says no. they eat everything. Oh, no. It says they may have even eaten the locomotive that fell into Lake Baikal during the 1904 1905 Russo Japan War when the tracks were laid across the ice. What? So they're saying that, like, these, these, they're literally just garbage eaters, these crabs that are in. Like Bake Hall. Crabs are terrifying. Uh, especially freaking Russian crabs in a frozen lake. Yeah. Um, and so I have another quote that's specifically about 
this. It says, but did this ever happen? Yeah. <laughs> the story, though it appeared in one Japanese newspaper, was never substantiated elsewhere. Right. So probably not. So it's terrifying that it's plausible. In any case, it didn't happen this way, is what yeah. they said. Obviously, Russian rolling stock could have been hauled across a frozen lake only by a team of horses, not by operating steam engines. There this image, go. if not the event, is purely imaginary. But it could have happened. You could have made me believe that real fast with the rest of the facts in here. Yeah. Which was why I was like, hold up. <laughs> hold up. I need some actual facts. Um, so once again, I want to remind you that Russia deployed 2 million troops. The Japanese deployed 400,000 troops. Um, the total deaths, Russia had 38,000. Ja- the Japanese had 58,000. Well, then. And from disease... <laughs> The Russians had 18,000, oh, almost no. 19. Oh, no. Uh, and the Japanese had almost 22,000. Oh, so no. So the Japanese lost significantly more people from yeah. this war. Oh, and no. Yet, and yet, they stomped on them and won. Um, oh, so I had one more, like, interesting kind of fact, um, which was about some people were listing, like, what happened to some of the ships mm-hmm. from the Russian ships. Because they're like, bye. And they just left them there, I think. Okay. Because, yeah. like... Who wants to sell them all the way back? Yeah. The worst. Um, so, um, one of them apparently just, like, hella bailed. Where'd it go? It says, um, he decided that following the battleships into the jaws of death wasn't his plan. Oh, my gosh. And despite protests, he turned south. What? And rode out the rest of the war in Manila. In the Philippines. Uh, I mean, good for him, but that's Bye. that's a mutiny, right? A desertion, yeah. It's yeah. bad. It's bad. They didn't, like, hunt him down and murder him? Uh, apparently not. It says Aurora, the the boat, um, continued in Russian service later. I guess they rejoined them. What? I think it's the same boat. Um, And is most famous for her shot from her guns being the signal to start the October Revolution and storming of the Winter Palace by the Bolsheviks. Um, She is now a museum ship. Huh. I want to be that ship. (laughs) Yeah. The ship that's like, I'm going to go hang out in the Philippines for a bit. I'm going to double check. Because uh, I feel like earlier we talked about her. Yeah. Um, she was one of them that was taken for a Japanese warship and bombarded. Oh, early. my gosh. The One of the cruisers that they thought was a warship. That boat has a very interesting history. Very interesting life, yeah. I just love the idea that, like, they traveled that far, and they probably, like, got close to the battlefield, and then he was like, nah, bro. Nah. This is bad news. Would you would you not just throw yourself into the sea? I'd rather, like, live and stuff. Um, also, I listed earlier, but I want to list again. Also, um, it, like, never occurred to them. I'm not sure what the Russian uh, national lines look like right now, but... Sure. If they had any sea access, why not keep your ships there and, like, try to maintain a Navy force? I think the they East? were all pretty decrepit. Like, they had all been oh, pretty no. destroyed. Um, like, it says Russian fleet lost all of its 11 battleships, four of its eight cruisers, and six of its nine destroyers. So they only had, um, what, oh, seven boats left? What? <laughs> no! Stupid! Of their 40. Of their 40. They started with. Seven seven ships limp into... Well, no, no, no. I think they had more than that when they got there. Okay. After the Japanese beat the hell out of them. They have seven left. That's sad. So it's like, why even? Is it where, like, eh, just bring new boats. These ones aren't going to help you. No. <laughs> They've already been defeated by the Japanese. No. These ones have been tainted. <laughs> They're bad. <laughs> These ones are sick. Um, 
But so one of those cruisers, one of those four cruisers that lived was Aurora, who's now a museum ship. Oh my gosh. So in my yeah. head, a lot, a lot of this is like stuff happening in my head, but it's the Russians... Uh, flailing madly in the distance, and the Japanese are like Jim Halpert from The Office, just like staring into the camera, like shrugging. Do you see this? People paying attention. Is anybody watching this? You, are you it's getting just, all this? It's right? funny because I feel like at the beginning of the war, Japan was probably kind of nervous mm-hmm. um, because, like, they had just taken this port really close to them. They were pressing up on them, and that was stressful. And they had just recently, you know, I mean, 10 years is a while, but not, like, that long to rebuild your forces. Right. Really, for another major conflict. Yeah. And it had been so recent that it was like, oh, gosh, you know, like, do we really want to do all that again? Sure. Um, And, I mean, Russia's bigger than China. It's humongous. Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that they have forces on that side and on the European side and that they're European has to scare you. Um, And you assume, probably, that they have, like, technology maybe that you're not aware of if they don't fight them very often. Sure. They might have, like, better guns or, like, more efficient material. Yeah, that they might be developing something that you have no knowledge of. Whereas China, they could pretty easily, like, get information, Mm -hmm. you know, from spies or whatever on, like, what they might have. Um, And I feel like after, you know, a couple battles and hearing that they were sending the Baltic fleet around, that they were just cackling. That they were just, like, so unafraid that it also just made them win even better. Yeah. They were just so confident then. And, like, like I said, they kind of, like, had the Bushido code, right, that they were, like, instilling in them. Japan's the best. We have to win. You have to follow these rules. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a, a strong nationalism, which is not surprising for Japan. Right. Um, that Russia does not have, uh, kind of, ever. And, uh... It just was fueled by all of their victories, you know? It's fueled by every time they smash the, like, the Russians hardcore, they're like, oh, wow, we really are the best. We really are amazing. We Mm -hmm. can beat this huge European country and just smash them to pieces. Foreshadowing. Right. Maybe Europe isn't that hard to beat. Yeah. Uh, Like, Russia, when it's operating at peak capacity, is terrifying. Sure. Uh, which uh, Nicholas II is going to learn very soon. <laughs> As it turns on him. In this story. <laughs> and it's only going to get scarier. Right. Because uh, they can get things done. If they have when, a motivation. When they when they really want to. Right. But this was not, this was not it. No. And, like, it's sad for Russia because, like, technically you could say Japan started the war, but it was because of a Russian power grab. Yeah. Russian saw... A vacuum that they thought they could fill, and then they just got utterly destroyed. They were wrong. And not only did it ruin, you know, like, their forces there and, like, take a lot of lives, but it also, like, kind of ruined... Oh, no, wait. Oh, it's gone. It's It's just loading. Weird. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Just in case you don't know, Nicholas II, uh, I mean, I feel like we've alluded. Oh, yeah. But October Revolution. Yeah. October Revolution, they murder their own family. Yeah, he's like the last czar. Yep. Because they're done with him. If you know the story of Anastasia, that's that's that family. Yep. Bye. Then they, they get all Rasputin. It's nasty. Gross. Let's talk about Rasputin. We should. That'd be fun. Nasty little demon. Ah, uh, great, great man. A great man. <laughs> great nasty man. <laughs> great nasty man. <laughs> If you've seen Anastasia, you already know. That's a pretty good representation of him. (laughs) Although he's kind of nice and cool a little bit in there. uh, In real life, he's he's not. He's got like a a rock power ballad song. Yeah. He's awesome. But really, he's the worst. Yeah, he's pretty bad. 
Um, anyway, thanks for joining us for the, you know, hilarious shenanigans that are the Russian naval force. And terrible. Russia at its best. <laughs> Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> it's a good thing we don't have any listeners in Russia. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> We're never going to either if we keep on this. Not after this. Oh my gosh. But that was for you, Japan. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And I hope you enjoyed me talking about one of your funnier, better victories. Yeah. Boy. Let's all just rib the Russians a bit. Yeah. It's a good time. We love them, though. I do, anyway. But thank you for joining us. Um, we have a, an email address, uh, hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail.com. Please send us your feedback and any stories you'd like us to talk about. We would love to hear and to learn and to yeah. tell you wh- about what you want to hear about. Or what do you want to learn about? What are your history questions? Right. Send it to us. We can look stuff up real good. Yeah. And then laugh about it. Totally. We will find the humor and the terrible. Yes. Uh, we are our homepage is hystericalhistory.simplecast.fm. Mm-hmm. Uh, where all of our episodes are, and we have links to iTunes and our Facebook and even email and stuff. Yeah, and check out our Facebook. That's where we post new episodes and all of our sources. If you could rate us on Twitter or not Twitter, <laughs> rate you know. us on Twitter. Tell Twitter how great we are. Yeah, no. tell Twitter. If you could rate us on iTunes, that would be awesome. Um, or wherever you listen to this. I don't know if Google Play has ratings you can do. I don't think so. But, um, you know, wherever you listen to it, if you can just give us a thumbs up, a five star, a high five, however they do theirs, yeah. that would be awesome. I thought we got another review. Yeah. Yeah. That was nice. She's a great, great listener. She's a great listener. You can be a great listener, too. We'll give, you, we'll give you a shout out if you leave a review. We'll talk about you at the end of this. Lovingly. We'll be like, hey, you're the best. Unless we know you, in which case we might, like, uh... Censor who you are. Yeah. <laughs> we'll tell everyone your terrible secrets. Yep. So, dangerous for our friends. Yeah, dangerous for the friends, <laughs> but I know none of my friends. They all use Google. They're terrible. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, but thanks for joining us. Do you want to say what you're doing next time? Do you know? Oh, what am I going to do? I kind of want to do Emu Wars now. I, I might do Bone Wars. Do I might do Bone want. Wars oh, next. Oh, Bone Wars. Bone Wars is hilarious. Great. You know, I feel like I really want to do more, like, not U.S. history, but I have mentioned sure. the Bone Wars to you before. See, I'm proud that the the United States only in this one was, like, Teddy. Teddy. And we gave him some stuff. That's true. Like, if a story has nothing to do at all with the United States, Teddy Roosevelt will appear at some point. He will be in it. He'll if, be in if it. If he's alive, he'll be in it. Even if he's not alive, he'll show up. He'll try. He'll try. <laughs> it can be said in, like, the 1700s. It's like, what's Teddy Roosevelt doing in here? That's weird. That's weird. This guy was the precursor to Teddy Roosevelt. This is his uh, <laughs> This is his ancestor, yes. and he's there. Um, anyway, we love you. We love you. You're great. We appreciate you. And we love watching it spread to new countries. Where do we have now? We have somebody in Israel listen to us, which is someone cool. Someone in Israel listen, someone in Ireland I think we already had an island. I think we just got another one. Okay, we got um, a second Ireland. Yeah, which is awesome. Uh, Australia. I don't know if we mentioned that before. But oh, we got no. one from Australia, which got is Australian cool. listeners. Um, and Japan is our number two now. Yeah. They're like, beating Canada uh, handily. They they easily beat Canada. Yeah. Canada. Listen. Obviously, America's our number one because we're in America, and that makes sense. Um, yeah. But Japan, you're freaking catching up. Which is great. Awesome. You just, you just keep pimping this out, and you'll be number one. Yeah, you'll be number one soon. And we'll only talk about whatever you want us to talk about. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't mind. Yep. Anyway. Uh, anyway. See you Until next, next time. time. See ya. Bye. Bye.